0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Maybe a fourth. They're
0: coming out of between six and seven. Top to an the Oh wow. Oh, no. No,
2: no, Welcome. This is the round nineteen edition of the Supercoach 365 podcast, coming to you a little bit later on in the week. Tommy and I have been very, very busy this week, but never too busy to sit here and talk a bit of Supercoach heading into the new week. Tommy. How are you, buddy?
3: Not too bad, mate. Uh, I guess we've both been licking our wounds a little bit from the weekend. We'll we'll get straight into it. Pappenhausen he's left us in in all sorts, hasn't he?
2: He has, and uh, probably... No small part of the reason why we are a little bit of a day late. Obviously, we've been working and such, but a little bit deflated heading into the new week. And yeah, that injury Sunday afternoon, geez, it was tough to watch, wasn't it? You saw him go down, you're praying, your fingers, your toes, everything's crossed, hoping he gets back up. But uh, no, things are bigger than Supercoach, so hopefully Pappenhausen better soon. But for us, who had the captaincy on him, geez, it was tough.
3: It wasn't, I think it was made worse by the fact that he was looking really good before the injury. Uh, he he yeah. cut through once or twice already. He was already on 34 points in about 20 minutes into the coach. So, yeah, it was looking like a big score, but not to be.
2: Now, uh, we'll dive straight into this, probably a shorter episode tonight. Obviously, uh, trying to tidy things up before the new week. But uh, it wasn't the best scoring week for us both. Uh, and your rank and my rank dropped significantly. But you're still hanging around the top 1,000.
3: Yeah, still in the top. I think four twenty or something like that. Uh, perhaps not having him, having him captain. Sorry, was a big, a bigger uh, big problem. But and also Joey Marnie going huge for other people who were smart enough to put the caps on him. That was good work to them. But unfortunately, I didn't have him.
2: Yeah, well done to those who found him, either vice captain or captain. Uh, bigger balls than you and I, I think, Tommy. Um, big news day though You obviously heard in the uh, the opener there Tom Travojevic, no, no, no That was when he was at his best uh, last season And Manly still hopeful of getting their number one man back uh, Should they make a deep run into the finals?
3: Yeah, it could be it could be huge news really uh, Manly uh, suddenly hit some form They got a pretty good run in As we we'll probably touched on a few times tonight If they could get someone who's arguably the best player back in the game uh, Heading into the finals They all, all of a sudden become a bit of a threat, don't they?
2: Yeah, they do, absolutely. The question is, and I was thinking about this tonight before we uh, sat down here, how stupid does it sound, but would it be a tough decision to move Reuben Garrick from fullback? And obviously they're going to have to accommodate Tommy Turbo in some way. Not saying he's not going to walk straight back into that fullback role. He's a reigning Dalian medal uh, winner. But geez, Garrick's been incredible at that fullback role and he's growing every week.
3: He has, and I think it's a fair uh, discussion point. I probably think they'd put Tommy back... At fullback, just given how good he is, and you know we saw last year that he almost single- single-handedly took Manly to a grand final. So I think he gets it back. But Garrick is going really good, and he's becoming a big factor in Supercoach as well.
2: Yep, we'll get to Garrick later on. Uh, still on fullback, though. The rumour floating around, or innuendo, speculation, hope perhaps from Melbourne fans that Reese Walsh could be on his way down to the Storm. How much are we reading into this? And uh, if yes, then does you know is this? There- Premiership threat back on track down there in Melbourne
3: Yeah well I don't know how Legit it is I think Andrew Voss was talking about it on radio On Wednesday morning but Look personally I kind of think it's I think there should be a rule against it, A team that is out of contention basically with the finals Giving up their best player To go play for a title contender Yeah, it Just doesn't sit right with me but I do think If it does happen you know that's that's a big pick up For the Storm
2: It would be unlike Vossie to be a little bit hyperbolic Wouldn't it? <laughs> Anyway, let's get straight into this. The good, bad, and ugly heading into round uh, 19, of course. But we're looking back on this for the week just gone. Waste no time. I'll kick us off here with the goods. For me, in a week of not much good, the score was okay at 1234. Still top 6% overall. Not where we want to be, though. The good, though, the keepers are firing of course Isaiah Papaliti, Joey Tarpane, Isaac Tango has emerged as a genuine keeper, and of course Nico Hines a solid stint against the Cowboys. So we've got these players right for a long time this year and they rewarded us again last week.
3: Yeah, I think I own all those guys and Tungo, Tego, um you were right about him all along. I was keen to sell him a couple of times, but he, he's going really well, so happy to keep him now to the end of the year. My goal was uh, Latrell Mitchell. He's on fire. Uh, explosive second half the other night against the Dogs. He scored about 100 points in that second half, Yeah, and he probably saved me from having a, bad, a really bad week.
2: We sat here last week, and I asked you the question, can you find a way to make Latrell a, a genuine fullback option? Because... There were so many other names there. Nico Hines, obviously, the dual position eligibility. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, an option. I had drink water at fullback up until recently as well. Latrell's just completely blown that out of the water, hasn't he, with three back-to-back performances of well, two 90s and then a big hundred. So I know they have a tough run, Souths, but you mentioned they're there, Trell Mitt. Go on YouTube and watch this documentary they put together, he and Souths, over in his time in the USA. He says, Trell Mitt, never going to get beat, baby.
3: He's just looking uh, looking the best he ever has, both his body and, like, he's just his mind. He looks very fit. He looks very focused. And, you know, if Souths have a hard run, like you said there, but if they're going to do anything the rest of the year, it's all going to be on the back of him and, to a lesser extent, Cody.
2: Yeah, plenty of confidence back in the league. You see that with his goal-kicking as well. He was a little bit off to start the year, wasn't he? He just sprayed them here, there, and everywhere. But um, getting back to somewhat near his 80% kicking best. Uh, Let's talk some bad, though. Uh, We've already sort of touched on it for mine. It has to be not at least having the vice-captaincy on Joey Manu last week. Look, we sat here, and I thought there were some different options. I went with Nico Hines in the end. I'm always hesitant to go without at least the vice-captain on Nico. Um, but anyway, that Saturday afternoon fixture against the terrible Dragons team. It just set up real nicely for Joey.
3: Yeah, it did. And I was in the same boat, went with Hines. But yeah, Manu, when he plays six or plays fullback, he is a, a genuine captain option, probably one of the best players in Supercoach. Uh, yep. That was a bad for me as well. But also, Damien Cook being a late admission, it forced me into a, a trade that I was not planning to make to go to Harry Grant. Yep. I'm not sad that I've done it now, but it wasn't really on the cards.
2: Yeah, again, I I haven't mentioned that here as my bad, but, yeah, I played one short last week. I think I copped an AE from Josh King, so a 31 or something of those types, or maybe even Alec McDonald, a little less than that. So, yeah, disappointing for me with Coruscant and Cook both out last week. Um, My ugly, though, it has to be Pappenhausen. We brought him in probably one week too late, and we're getting rid of him six weeks too early, or or where we'd rather getting rid of him at the end of the year anyway. Um, Just a shocking way to end out his season. Ask the question, is he just an an injury-prone player, I should say? Just three years consistently back-to-back where he's been plagued by injuries.
3: I guess he is. He's becoming quite... He's a bit fragile. He's probably a bit small, but I don't know that's also what makes him so good, his speed and his evasiveness, I suppose. Uh, That was also my ugly, really. It's probably the ugliest ugly we'll have all year. Uh, Not owning Ruben Garrick was also not great as he went big again against the Knights.
2: Yep, Uh, Ruben Garrick, like Joey Manu at that center wing slot. Uh, They both play different roles at different stages for their respective teams. And Garrick has uh, truly emerged as a genuine super coach keeper year on year now, hasn't he? Uh, We all thought he was the Travojevic handcuff, but he's doing it without uh, Tommy Turbo there for Manly. Uh, Before we head into our Round 19 preview, of course, if you are listening to us on the podcast, never too late to jump over to YouTube. You can check us out there. Um, we've plugged the mics in this week. Tommy, uh, you've done your hair, your eyebrows as well. So we're looking good. We're sounding good. Uh, and we're headed into a big week here around 19. Follow us on the socials as well at supercoach365. That signals the start of the new week. Round 19, that was crisp and clean, wasn't it? Uh, The Parramatta Parramatta Eels kick us off against the Brisbane Broncos. First game, you're probably listening to this on Thursday, so tonight, uh, the Eels with topsport.com.au, the favourites here, $1.58. They're giving away a four-point start. The Broncos, I like them at the price, $2.40 for mine. I think they're going to give this a real shake.
3: So do I, and I think this is probably the best Thursday night game I can remember for a while. really excited for this one. Um, The Eels... They have to, again, prove that they can, I guess, match it with the good teams. They've put in some really good performances, put in some shockers as well. At home against the Broncos, it's a really good stage to show what they've got. And if they want to make the top four, they pretty much have to win this game.
2: I think we, at the start of the season, you and I both, we loved Parramatta's defence. And that's probably been the biggest concern. Look at the way they finished that game against the Warriors last week. If you're on the 13+, plus, which I know you and I may have been... (laughs) You're just hanging your head at the end of it. And that's probably testament to how they've played it and why they haven't been consistently big players mentioned as top four and real premiership threats.
3: Yeah, I think so. They've got a lot of points in them this year with Dylan Brown firing. Uh, you've got decent outside backs from Micah Sever now back as well. But then, yeah, the defence has not been up to scratch. And you look at this Brisbane team, young talent in New and MAM and Oates, uh, sorry, in Stags, you know, they could really, uh, really trouble Parramatta tonight.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned Mam there. I've got a question here. Is he a sell? He's just proven a solid 60-point option there at 5.8 and, and made plenty of cash as well. But this time of year, you're probably just willing to move him on and get back to a monster or a Dylan Brown you mentioned there, Scotty Drinkwater. There's plenty of options there outside of Ezra. But again, the Broncos run. It's not horrible, and, and he's a genuine option there.
3: Yeah, he's one of those guys that you probably thought, you know, I'm going to get rid of him, go to one of those big, big five eights. Cody Walker also an option possibly, yep. but yeah, he just keeps every week. You get you keep coming to the Brisbane game and you think, you oh, know, he could get big this week. So he's not a must sell by any means, but uh, I'd probably personally look to go to to a bigger name
2: for the Broncos. Plenty of big ins, of course. Payne Haas he's uh, been tipped as a certainty to run out. Uh, with, obviously, those shoulder concerns, he's put them aside, his ankle as well. Paddy Carrigan back, Kirk Capewell. So plenty of these origin rep players coming back. I think that can only mean uh, good things for Brisbane. For Parramatta, though, I guess the big name there, Jersey 13, Ryan Madison. He was a relevant Supercoach player at one point this season, but there's probably better options there around him at the second row slot now.
3: Yeah, I think so. There's probably a question about his minutes as well. I don't know if he'll come back and play 80 straight away at lock. Mm-hmm. He was probably everyone was targeting for the buy round round 17, but he was out with the injury. So, a lot of burnt owners there. Uh, hopefully for those guys, if you held on to him, he can uh, he can go big. What are we thinking here in terms of a bet? I think the market fairly spot on. I'd be happy to be with the Eels. They're $1.58. dollar 58. The Broncos two dollars 40 with Top Sport. I'm happy to be with the Eels, but I guess you can never trust them that much.
2: Give me the Broncos, just so we can have a a foot in both camps there. Again, I think there's going to come a time where Parramatta, these defensive lapses are going to cost them a game, and... I mean, really, that that ending to that game against the the Warriors was just horrible for mine. Broncos, they won't clock off, and they're considerably a much better defensive team this year as well. So it may only take three tries to beat the Eels here. Adam Reynolds is always in the game as well. Uh, He will be a figure there. Uh, We'll move on, though. St. George, uh, Illawarra Dragons, and Manly. Of course, this game, the first game on Friday night, 6 p.m. kickoff at Cogra. Uh, Dragons outsiders here getting about a dollar sixty. It looks like here for Manly head to head. That's a pretty good price for mine. I think Manly they've obviously uh, found their way into the top eight. We've mentioned Garrick uh, Saab was back to near his turbo influenced best last week with a couple of tries and Hamole Olakawatu always a threat down that right side.
3: Absolutely, Manly really hitting some form and I think probably a lot of their players like uh, we probably wrote them off when uh, Turbo got injured and went down. But now, they're starting to hit some form. DCE, Garrick, maybe even a cheapie like Jason Saab. And with a nice run in, I think you're going to see them pretty popular trade-ins.
2: It's funny, isn't it? Because we mentioned those other names ahead of Cherry Evans. And suddenly now, with Paps Gorn and people will shift Nico down to fullback, Cherry Evans is going to be a popular get at halfback for mine. Probably about $600,000. So gets in under Jerome Hughes and considerably less than a Hines or a Cleary at the price there at halfback. So we keep mentioning Manley's good run. He's going to have his fingerprints over everything they do good, uh, Cherry Evans, that is.
3: Absolutely, and I guess with Pappenhausen going down as well, everyone's looking for a fullback. I think Reuben Garrick, you couldn't get wrong with him at the moment. We're all talking about you know Teddy and uh, Latrell, and for good reason, they're great players. But Garrick, with his run and his involvement in all their attacking play, I think he he, he states a great case for himself.
2: So I want to make a point here. Obviously, that news, we've mentioned it at the top there about Tommy Turbo potentially back finals week two, maybe week three, as they push uh, towards an unlikely premiership at this stage. But if Manly can somehow sneak into sixth or seventh, they might get a matchup against Souths or even the Roosters. Um, you know, they, they win that one. They've got a tough game then against uh, one of the other teams uh, from the top four that would have lost. So again, maybe call it Cronulla. Uh, or Melbourne going off the standings at this point, I think Manley will just be happy to make the eight, and if they can know that Turbo's back in two weeks, they just need to get one win, suddenly it's game on. They could be a genuine top four team.
3: Yeah, and they're, they're a team that you wouldn't want to verse in the finals, especially if Turbo came back. Their, their attacking threat is quite prominent. You don't really know what you're going to get from them. So I think if you're an opposing, if you're a team in the top four, you probably don't want to meet them week two for sure.
2: I think they would have learned plenty from that loss to Souths uh, in that prelim last year as well. Just on the Dragons, though, here, looking back at Supercoach, geez, they were horrible against the Roosters. And I went through their numbers today, trying to find a positive in the Dragons team. They're very few and far between. Zach Lomax is the only Dragon player to average 60 points per game or more. Um, so it doesn't make for good reading they're just not a good super coach team probably translates to how good Benny Hunt has been as well but just again those scores they don't permit in super coach no matter how good you are uh, leading the team around
3: yeah I think they're starting to fall off the cliff again. the Dragons I think last year they ended the season with eight straight losses Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did similar this year I just they look like they're kind of giving up in games they've conceded 86 points the past two weeks that's ridiculous and they're conceding 25 a game all year so you know, if you have players that are coming up against the Dragons, uh, you're probably happy if you're a super coach owner. And I think this screams a, ga- a great game for the guys we have just mentioned in DCE and Garrick, possibly vice-captain options.
2: Yeah, if you are playing the exotics with topsport.com.au, obviously do it responsibly. I'm just going to bring it up here. Obviously, we've mentioned the head-to-head markets and such. One that always gets my fancy here, Tommy, is the first to X markets. So, like, you know, first to score 20 points or 30 points. I don't think you could go wrong. to uh, First to 20 points for Manly, $1.85. I think they score three or four tries. I don't think the Dragons score that many. Um, $1.85, they're away from home. That's the only query. But um, $1.85 to get a first to 20 points, I think that's probably my bet in this game.
3: Yeah, I'll get some real value here. Manly to win by 30 or more. Uh, I know it's probably a bit out there, but $13. The Dragons have been conceding points in bunches. And Manly have been scoring them in bunches. It could happen.
2: Speaking about conceding and scoring in bunches, what about these two teams, the Knights and the Roosters? Roosters put on 56, I think it was, last week, against uh, the Dragons, the team we just mentioned there. The Knights have been conceding points as well. So if the teams come into this with their form lines that they've shown the past fortnight, Roosters probably deserved favourites here at $1.27. Newcastle at $3.80, Outsiders, despite being at home this one.
3: Yeah, a few injuries for the Roosters again. They seem to have injuries every year. Uh, Billy Smith, once again, I don't think he's been the player people expected him to be. I had him as coming in as one of the most exciting sort of cheapies this year for Supercoach, but he definitely hasn't delivered. And now he's gone again, unfortunately for him. Uh, Matty Lodge will start for the first time, possibly a good one for draft comps there, Matt Lodge. He scores pretty well on Supercoach. As for the Knights, uh, not a lot doing really uh, their four pack always looks good on paper but they just don't seem to deliver on the day
2: yeah and I think Frizzell's injured as well so that doesn't help their cause uh, Dom Young injured Edric Lee injured so suddenly probably three of their best in recent weeks at least the two wingers anyway they've been scoring tries um, they're out or I think they're, they're, they're at least under an injury cloud so that's that's going to really hurt uh, Knight's chances of upsetting the Roosters
3: yeah, absolutely. And I just think with that in mind, you look at the Knights' defence the last two weeks as well. They conceded 40 against South and I think 42 or 48 against Manly. Yeah. You're up over 80 points the last two weeks. Uh, the Roosters put on 54 last week, 40 of those in the second half. If they pick up where they left off on Saturday, this Friday night, it could be another huge scoreline. And Knights have not shown any sort of resilience at home this year. I think they've conceded 40 or 50, three or four times at home.
2: Yeah. Uh, ominous signs indeed, I guess the positive maybe for them is that Luke Keery is back. So that may nullify to a degree Joey Manu, or will it? Because I put here, and you said this to me yesterday, we're sort of going back and forth, you and I, as we do, is it that big of an impact on on Manu's supercoach output? He still averages 70 points per game when playing uh, either on... The wing or in the centers, so take out his fullback and 5.8 games there. He's had three games of 100 plus, two games 90 plus, one game 80 plus, one game 70 plus, so still he's uh, capable of that high ceiling score despite wearing the number three.
3: No, he definitely is, and he's still obviously worth keeping, and still a vice captain slash captain option. But I just you look at his two scores when he's played one or six this year, and he's averaging 160, which is yeah. just ridiculous and probably not sustainable. But you know, in the future years, if he gets a five eight jersey at the Roosters, he could be first picked in the draft, and that.
2: Would you believe it's round 19, and we've barely mentioned James Tedesco this year? Um, he's had his moments, Teddy. He's not anywhere near his 2019, 2020 self. But suddenly, again, we come back to that Pappenhausen injury. There's a door open there for Tedesco if he wants to walk through it into many Supercoach teams. Is this the week where we sort of go to Teddy and we set and forget and we're happy to just to run with Teddy at the back?
3: Well, it's just a safe option, really. Um, he probably not, probably doesn't have the ceiling of a Ryan Pappenhausen. He can get nearly a 200 or even a Joey Marno at the moment, but he's never going to let you down. If you're struggling for a fullback... He's the go-to man. And the, the Roosters have a really good run in. They're going to be desperate trying to make the finals as well. So I think there's some big uh, big ticks for him. And I think he's playing as good as he ever has, really. He may not be scoring on Supercoach as yep. well, but he's he's playing really well and he's, he's key to the Roosters' chance.
2: You just know it's going to open up eventually. Uh, I think he scored 100-plus last week in the end. At one point, he was like uh, late in the game on about 68 Score that late try, a couple of tackle busts very quickly. That goes three figures. Uh, Roosters for for mine. I'm not really uh, sold on any real value bets, but again, you sort of mentioned there. Roosters uh, putting on the points. The lines eleven and a half. So I'd probably just sway that way if I if I had to have a play.
3: Yeah, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think Roosters thirteen plus.
2: Moving on, Sunday, uh, rather Saturday afternoon footy, the first game here, 3 p.m. kickoff, the Raiders back at home, thirty one here against the Warriors, the Outsiders, $3.50. Great win by the Raiders the other day. They hold no fears against the Melbourne Storm and despite that, uh, I guess, the start by Melbourne and Pappenhausen, Munster looked on song, they managed to weather that and uh, came out on top.
3: Yeah, it looked ominous early. Like I said before, you know, before Paps went down, he was cutting through, Munster was just schooling us on that right-hand defensive side. But we hung in there and we got the win. And I think we'd be one of the only teams in the comp to have a winning record down at Melbourne last year. So that was good. But this is the sort of game we come out and lose, honestly. At home to the Warriors, you can just see it happening.
2: Sorry, I'm just sipping my two is new. Uh, Rapana out suspended. That's a negative. She, Schiller is out injured. That could be a positive in terms of the auto-emergency <laughs> situations. But... Uh, you got here, Joey Tarpanay. He's really the only Super Coach player we we put that there. He has just uh, been incredible. I thought there'd come a point where he sort of dipped, but still, he's just pumping out these scores eighty plus, ninety plus, some weeks.
3: Yeah, I don't think he's going to dip. I really don't. Um, honestly, just so consistent the last probably. Just looking at his scoring now, the last six or seven weeks, he hasn't gone below seventy. So that's pretty elite for a forward now. And he's just, you pick and stick him now. If you have him, you're not getting rid of him. I think he's got that. The last few years, he's probably played second row a little bit and had his minutes uh, cannibalized a little bit by the other forwards. But he's playing prop now, decent minutes every week. And the Braves have a really good run in. We're probably a smoky for the semis, but he's going to be a good scorer for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, he'll be integral in that as well if they are to go on a little bit of a, a run, which, they, I mean, you're playing good footy as well. So, um, always a good thing uh, for the Raiders. For the Warriors, though, the question mark here we saw the team list come out on Tuesday and Reese Walsh uh, on the bench. Is this just a case of, you know, he's not going to be here next year, not investing any more time and effort into him? Although, sort of contradictory there with uh, CHT at the back, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to take a year off as well.
3: Yeah, that's what I didn't understand either. If you're not going to play at Walsh there, why would you play someone else who's not going to be there next year? So doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe he's is going to Melbourne. Maybe the club's off him. I don't know. But uh, who absolutely. would know with the Warriors, honestly?
2: Uh, any real uh, strong opinions here? Topsport.com.au, I think the line there, 10 and a half. So, I mean, 3 p.m. Sunday. Uh, sorry, rather Saturday. It's 3 p.m. Saturday, Canberra. We're expecting a dry track. I mean, typically you think dry afternoon, Canberra, they'd put on a show.
3: Yeah, look, I don't know. I can't remember the last time we played a game which wasn't decided on the last play of the match. So <laughs> with that in mind, it'll probably be with the Warriors at the line. Uh, looking at the next game here,
2: Saturday evening, seven, or rather 5.30pm kickoff this one at Blue Bet Stadium. Panthers Stadium for us, uh, of course, uh, proudly supported by Top Sport here on this podcast. No other agencies, we won't look at them. Uh, the Penrith Panthers here, twenty four. <laughs> Sharks, long outsiders here, $4.19. The line uh, there, that tantalizing 12.5, 13-plus or 1-12, to take your pick there. For mine, I think the Panthers win. I think they win it tight. But the Sharks, if they're ever going to prove themselves as a top-four team, I think this is their probably a good chance to do it, coming off a, a solid win against the Cowboys. But they'll get a wet game here. It'll be a scrap, and uh, Penrith may not be at their attacking best.
3: Yeah, I called the Sharks flat track bullies a few weeks ago and they've beat the Storm and the Cowboys since, albeit <laughs> both the Storm and the Cowboys had injuries. So there's a little bit of an asterisk there, but still really good wins. Can't deny that. This will be the true test. So, you know, way to Penrith, it's the hardest trip in footy yep. for sure. But uh, they're coming off, I think, five or six straight wins. Panthers coming off eight straight wins. Two of the most informed teams in the club. It's going to be great.
2: Could we see a draw? Both teams keeping their unbeaten runs intact. Uh, you can't bet the draw currently, topsport.com.au. Um, but looking at this, you said there, it's a different beast going to Penrith, of course, uh, when that crowd's full and it's a really intimidating atmosphere. It's something the Sharks probably going to have to learn to deal with if they are going to make a deep finals run because uh, they are going to obviously play some games. Um, you wouldn't think they'd finish top two, so they might have to travel uh, either interstate to Melbourne or to North Queensland. Um or definitely even against the Panthers at a, at a packed-out Allianz Stadium, you'd think?
3: Yeah, exactly. I think Fitzgibbon will see this as, you know, practice for the finals because if you look at their run-in, there's a lot of weak games they have against pretty low opposition, so it's not going to have them, I guess, the intensity levels they need to be for the finals. So a game like this is going to be pretty important. But I guess it is a tricky one for super coaches because we see probably the two most popular captain options of the year, Hines and Cleary, going up against each other. So where are we looking in terms of that battle?
2: Definitely favour Cleary at home, I think. Uh, particularly if you have the option of one or the other, if one's your fullback, one's your halfback, I'd, and you want to vice one of these guys, I'd, I'd be going with Cleary over Hines for mine. Good to say, though, that all Penrith, uh, the Origin stars, who had a rest disrespectfully last week, according to Brett Kamali, they're all back, so uh, paying their respects here to the Sharks. Just thinking about this game, though, like... Where are we looking? At? It's probably a good thing for Super Coaches that Penrith have had their rest now. They won't take it. You wouldn't think the week before the run into the inaugural finals. So maybe a good thing, you know, thinking of Cleary and potentially Isaiah Yo if he's still holding Barento as well. These guys have they've, they've had their rest now.
3: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Panthers last few games of the regular season against fellow top eight sides. So they might want to keep them on the field for those games and. Like you said there, they've all had a rest. I think Cleary went to Bali or something. Like they've got, had a pretty good break, so maybe they'll be firing to go for the rest of the year. Uh, $4.10 outside as the Sharks. Probably, I, I think Penrith will win, but that's a big price card.
2: Yeah, responsibly. Next game here, Saturday night. The, uh, well, what looks like a, a great fixture on paper, at least the Rabbitohs and the Storm Rabbitohs. I'm surprised that it's, this is not equal in you know, a $1.90 take your pick that Two dollars outsiders. The storm a dollar eighty, but the storm has shown absolutely nothing the past three weeks. And Rabbitohs the opposite. They're probably playing their best footy that we've seen from them since you know finals footy last year.
3: Yeah, for sure they're playing very entertaining footy. Uh, Latrells just kicked them into gear. Cody looks a different player, and Cameron Murray is also back this week. So some big positives for them. You do have Jed Cartwright starting in the centres, which could be an issue, but yep. overall they're firing. Uh, Melbourne, on the other hand, three straight losses for the first time in a long time. Uh, are they are they gone this year or is it just a blip?
2: Man, oh, oh, I don't know. And it's worrying because f- for mine, when have we seen Melbourne lose three in a row? I think it was 2015. I couldn't tell you the last time they lost four in a row. It was probably 2010 when they were out of contention with salary cap and they had nothing to play for. Um, you say to hear a huge game for both teams I think it's a big game for Melbourne really they've got to get back on track I keep hearing there are a chance of missing the top four I don't think they missed the top four in something like it may have even been 2015 um, potentially 2014 it, it's it's a massive game I think in terms of the way that this sets up for both teams finals prospects as well you say here though Souths are going to have to prove a point defensively because that's where there have been concerns over Souths the past couple of weeks
3: yeah, they conceded 28 against Newcastle and then another 28 against the Dogs. And, you know, the Dogs and the Knights are probably the two of the worst attacking teams this year. So if they can score 28 against South, what can the storm do? Players like Munster, Hughes, Grant, with that in mind, could go big on supercoach. But then on the flip side, I think South's left side, you know, Littrell, uh, Cody chiming in, Alex Johnson, even Tass, it's probably the best side in the competition in terms of scoring points and super coach. They'll be running at Marion Seve and Dean Arameyer, who are not great defenders, let's be honest. Worrying. That is alarm bells, I think. And if you own any of those South players, it's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, you've got here as well. Could be a massive game for Latrell. He'll be looking to uh, play his fourth consecutive game with 90-plus Supercoach points. Cameron Munster, I think he's just always in the game for Melbourne. Never a a dull moment for Munster. He's always got his hands around the footy. Harry Green as well there. You mentioned pod captains going around, some of those other popular names perhaps playing later in the week. I keep hearing, I keep reading, uh, we'll get to the Cowboys later. Plenty of interest in the Cowboys this week. Um, If you want to go off early with some of those big names there, you're probably not going to be disappointed here.
3: No, and I think probably the only, I guess, caveat or thing to think about in this game is the weather forecast. Like a lot of games this week, it's meant to be pretty wet in Sydney, so maybe that could put a bit of a slow on the points, but maybe not.
2: And uh, Sunday afternoon 40 let's move on to this one. You speak of wet games. Let's hopefully, uh, the, the weather's cleared up a little bit by uh Sunday afternoon, or else we could be in for a 6-4 here. The Bulldogs and the Titans, although it's probably disrespectful to the Bulldogs, they're playing some good footy. Um, and you say there, they put on 28 points against South. So uh, the Titans, they need to get the house in order. They went close against the Broncos, but close isn't good enough, is it?
3: No, I didn't see a lot of that game, but I, I thought Brisbane would wipe the floor with them, to be honest. So I think good effort for the Titans to keep it close. Bulldogs were pretty good against South, but just found out by the class of Luttrell, really. Uh Honestly, not a lot of Supercoach relevance is there really here. Maybe Dave Fafito is the main talking point. I think yep. a few people might have brought him in last week. I know I did, and I was happy. He got 75, and from all reports, he didn't really do a lot. So happy with that, and just going to ride him out to the end of the year now, I think.
2: Always attracts plenty of defenders. I think I could count you know, at least 10 times where there was three or four or five Broncos uh, up against him to bring him down um you say they're effortless 75 yeah that's that's the worrying thing or or it's almost as worrying as it is exciting isn't it with Fafita you just want him to have a go (laughs) and I've sort of people have asked me you know Fafita or Angus on the way home or you know one of these other second row options and I never say Fafita because I've just been burned last year holding him holding him and just never came good just sat out there in the centers or on the wing even at times just not getting involved
3: I think it's just that ceiling that sucks people in, including myself. You know, we know what he is capable of when he can score a try or two. And was it last year he scored something like seventeen tries? I don't know, but he's very lethal. But the Titans, it just hasn't clicked for them this year. But he is, you know, back hopefully fit, hopefully playing eighty minutes. And a game against the Bulldogs is probably a good, a good time for him to show what he can do.
2: Bulldogs favourites here, dollar fifty eight up against the Titans, two dollars and. Uh, $2.40 outsiders there. Uh, I'll be with the Bulldogs here again. No real great deal of confidence there, but just happy to be with the side with Matt Burton in it. And Josh Adokar, I think he was named this week, although there was some concerns over his uh, fitness uh, with a quad strain, but he looks like he's going to play.
3: Yeah, I heard he was going to be out for the year with a glute strain, I think it was, glute, but sorry. he's been named, so not sure. I'll be with the Dogs as well, but you probably have to flip a coin.
2: Last game of the round, the Cowboys. We mentioned it there. Very, 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 very very firm favourites here. TopSport.com.au, a dollar and eight or a dollar and six even. That is Winks like odds up against the West's Tigers. Who, if they were racing Winks, well, they wouldn't be because Winks is a Group One. They're probably in a in a maiden or in a Benchmark fifty eight out of the back of Wagger or something. Eight dollars here, the Tigers. The line 19 and a half. I still don't think that's enough. It's Townsville weather. I've, I've checked it out. Dry, sunny, 24 degrees. This sets up so well for those high ceiling Cowboys.
3: Yeah, and after watching, you know, seven other games be rain affected, watching the Cowboys in the 24 degree heated Townsville might be, uh, might be very good for super coaches and people like Val and Drinkwater. They could be sneaky captain options on Sunday because the Tigers really don't offer any resistance at all.
2: I sat here last week two weeks ago even, and I told you, Valentine Holmes is my pod for the way home. 6.7% owned at that point. And then obviously he didn't play um, the, the backup game after Origin. I went a week early and traded him in anyway. I was that keen on him. Now suddenly Paps is out. Everyone's going to have Val. Everyone's going to have Latrell. It's not as good as a pod option there at fullback, but I still think you have to be with him. Um, the ceiling, playing left center, I think it's it's giving him a new lease on, on rugby league life there at the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like a lot of people, I thought he was going to be the fullback when he came back from the NFL, but he's found a home in the centres. Played great in Origin in the centres as well. His goal kicking is awesome, and I think we've said a few times. You know, the next three weeks for the Cowboys, Tigers, Dragons, Bulldogs—it's probably the best run. And then the Warriors two weeks later after that. You know, the next five weeks is absolutely incredible. So you'd be trying to stock up on these Cowboys players.
2: That I am stay around. We're going to do our trading places after the break um, stocking up on Cowboys I think you could do worse things what about the Tigers though? Hastings at 13 again you say they're battling they just look like they've run out of answers and they're probably trying to answer questions that they don't have to why would you move your best half away from their preferred position to put him in the forwards
3: yeah I don't know and how is a team resting seven players And still beating you Disrespectful oh, They're an interesting club The Tigers Benji Marshall To take over In the next few years I think it'll be better For the club Might allow some players To want to go to the club Be coached by Benji mm. I think their only other Shining light is Adam Dewey They were terrible Against Penrith the other day But he was really good And he looks like He's bounced straight back To his form from last year So you know Fresh start next year I think he'll be He'll be in for a big season
2: Yeah he's, he's definitely Their best player Put him in the six, let him run, um, and, and good things will happen. Uh, nothing else there for mine. We're going to talk to the Cowboys on the other side of this break in our captain's chat. We'll also do our team updates, plenty of listener questions as well. Uh, stick around. A
0: short break. Thanks to topsport.com.au.
2: Supercoach365 Podcast proudly brought to you again this season as we were last year by topsport.com.au. A big thanks to Tristan and the team getting behind us, getting behind a couple of the other podcasts out there as well. Speaking of the Supercoach experience, what about Tim Moody, Brandon Savage? If you aren't listening to them and you're listening to us, do yourself a favor after you finish here, head on over there, <laughs> give them a follow. I think Tim's up into 35th overall. Uh, and Brandon, I can't tell you what his overall rank is, but he's coming eighth in, in our overall group, uh, our listeners' group, so he's right on the hammer as well.
3: I think Brandon's 70th, or around there anyway, definitely top 100, so yeah, I'll just turn us off right now and go listen to them because, no, I'm joking, but they, they're really going well this year, and you know, like I said last week, if Tim could win again, that would be an amazing story, really. He would have been Leicester-like
2: odds, 5,000 to 1 to do it again, probably more, to be honest, because, you know, 140-odd thousand players playing this game every every year, or this year at least, and to back it up two years in a row would be an incredible feat, one that would never be matched again. Um So definitely, yeah, check those guys out. And uh, while you're at it, check out all the best odds in sport and racing on topsport.com.au. If you are having a best bet, rather, do so responsibly. Let's talk captains uh, for this week. Tommy, we've already spoken through a couple of the options, but I want to kick us off early in the week. Manly, they look a good game against the Dragons. And no uh, secrets here where we're going. Yeah, I
3: think Ruben Garrick is a logical uh, pick. He's flying on all cylinders hopefully he goes back kicking goals this week although dc kicked very well last week so not sure what happens there but even without the goal kicking garrick's so important to their attack and the dragons are just conceding points at will so he could be a good vice captain early in the week
2: roosters uh they make the trip to newcastle again we've pulled out two names here no surprises joey manu and james tedesco head this list and Again, looking at, the, I guess, when the fixture is played, it is it is pretty early in the week, though. Friday night, away from home, you'd be maybe hesitant to throw a straight captain on one of those two?
3: Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I mean, if Manu was playing one or six, I might. But um, from the centres, I'm not too sure with Kiri coming back what's going to happen there. Saturday, uh, the Panther Sharks, Hines and Cleary, probably the two biggest names in Supercoach this year. Yeah. Are we going to go with either of them this week?
2: Uh, I think I'm going to vice Cleary. As I said, if I had to pick between one of the two, it would be Cleary. Um, I'm saving my captains till later in the week. I think I've already sort of indicated where I'm going with that, and it won't be in this game. Souths and uh, the Storm, but we've got to mention the big names, Latrell and Cameron Monster.
3: Yeah, he's the captain options this week. I think recently there's been, you know, only two or three likely picks so that you do, but this week there's probably five different games you could look at, and I think both Latrell and Munster have that high ceiling, and probably neither of the teams are defending that well, so they could be uh, sort of pod plays.
2: I haven't done the numbers, so forgive me. Again, poor research. But how does Munster go without Paps? Uh, is he going to be affected by that? Because you saw how well they linked up early the other day, and, and Munster, the beneficiary of those line breaks, eventually finished off by uh, Pappenhausen.
3: Definitely a factor Um, Probably one I haven't thought about enough I don't even own Munster at the moment So it's not been on my mind But I do agree it could be a problem Uh, Sunday afternoon I'll let you talk about this one Val possibly to bring it home Sunny afternoon in Townsville against the Tigers
2: Yeah I just think you go with the best game of the week And arguably the highest ceiling It has to be Valentine Holmes The goal kicking is crucial He's an 85-90% goal kicker They could score 6-7-8 tries. Um, it looks a good game for Valentine Holmes. I brought him in last week with knowing that I would be captaining him this week. So, uh, Valentine Holmes will be my captain this week and obviously if you're going around him, Scotty, drink water. Probably not a bad shout as well.
3: Yeah, heaps options. I'm going to go, probably going to go with maybe Cleary just to be safe. He's probably likely to go well. Although I am looking at, you know, those Friday night games, Garrick and Manu and Teddy and I think definitely a vice captain at least there.
2: I will say this though, if you have a couple of trades left, be it you know five, six, seven, uh, whatever you have, even less than that, four, you know three or four, go ahead and look at who you're going to captain in the weeks. Work backwards from 25, or if your super coach head to head grand final is in 24, work backwards. It'll, it'll help you plan out your trades for the rest of the year. It's what I did. Uh, and that is how I landed on Valentine Holmes, getting him in. He just got such a good run. And uh, at least here, looking at uh, my little post-it notes, my scribble here, um, Valentine Holmes, he's going to be my captain twice in the next month. So shows you sort of why I was so keen to bring him in early.
3: Yeah, I understand it. Like Cal West have a great run. And I think if you look at the draw... A lot of the big teams with the big super coach players are playing each other in the last few rounds and that yeah. generally means lower score so you could be onto something there
2: all right uh, we're a little bit pressed for time so no graphics this week in terms of our trading places tommy but um have you made any trades this week because i know you light on i think you had was it six left
3: well it was six uh and then i had to do green for cook so it was five right. and now it's Three. I've done another two, so I'm just bleeding trades here. Um, I really can't make any more after this for a few weeks. Um, Paps obviously had to go. Force change that everyone will have to make. I've gone to Ruben Garrick initially. Uh, I think, as I've said all night, Manly good run. Garrick's in stellar form, and I, I just really want to be a part of him. I think everyone else has him at this point, and I don't, so I'm sick of watching Manly play and not having him. But then I also wanted to get Ted in, because I do think he's going to be an important part of the Roosters' charge of the finals. So I've moved. I've got a tail in May, uh, maybe yeah. a left field play to get rid of. But I just think Penrith's run isn't it, – It's Penrith can't have a hard run because they're such a good team. But mm. he's, he's. I think his five-round average is only about 50. He's probably not scoring as well as he was. So I'm happy to go from him to Teddy and move Garrick into the CTW. Three trades left, $45,000 left. I really need no more injuries, pretty much.
2: It's funny. It's like when you say, oh, yeah, I'll go to the gym on Monday. Oh, yeah, I'm going to save trades next week. Um, (laughs) Next week never comes. I'm looking at mine here, though. Uh, You asked me this time last week. I think I had three boosts left at the time. I did a boost, and you said, am I going to end up spending my other two boosts? You said, I don't have to. I said, it's like going to the canine and not spending all of mum's money. Coming home with change, it just would be silly, I think. So I'm boosting again. So in the space of two weeks, I've gone from 10 trades down to four. So another three for me this week, trading out Ezra Mam, Sioni Katoa, obviously his season's done, alongside Ryan Pappenhausen. That gave me about 2.2 mil to play with, uh, with the money I had in reserve. Ruben Garrick in Latrell Mitchell in, now my pod here, Murray Tualangi from the Cowboys, loading up on Cowboys. I've obviously got Jason Tamalolo, Scotty Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes already, bringing in Murray Taolungi as well, just 3% owned. If I'm going to make some ground, it has to be uh, the uh, abnormal way home. Taolangi, I think he can finish the year strong.
3: Yeah, I really like those trades. Uh, Garrick and Latrell. you know you're going to get big scoring there. And then like you said, I guess given your rank and stuff, you want to make up some quick ground at the, at the back end of the year and The Cowboys run. I think it's great to hop on the train and get onto a longy. And if he scored
2: a double or a hat-trick this week, you wouldn't be shocked and um, just has the potential there. Obviously, an origin-caliber winger. Didn't show it for Queensland, but gets his chance here to do it. You wouldn't get a better game at home Sunday afternoon against the Tigers. Uh, Let's get through this, though, uh, before we wrap up tonight. Short and sharp, that's how we like it. Uh, the listener questions, of course. Um, let's kick it off with Cam Moon. He says, speaking of captains, what about the vice captaincy on Daily Cherry Evans and the C on Drinky? Your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, it's a, probably a, a pod player, I guess you could say. DCE, definitely. Drink water. We've spoken about the Cowboys all night at home to the Tigers in the sunshine. It could come off and be a great move. If you did have
2: homes, or I, obviously you know, being biased, talking out of my own pocket here, I would be going Holmes over Drinkwater. I just think that goal-kicking just adds so much. Drinkwater maybe gets an extra assist. He floats both sides. He kicks the ball as well a lot of the time on last, so always a threat there. Um, So not a bad option, but I think uh, Holmes, definitely the highest ceiling. Speaking of, the NT Outlaw 11 says, Do I sell Cobo for Val Holmes?
3: Uh, if you can do it, definitely. Cobbo's not even playing this week. I don't think he's still uh, concussed, I'm pretty sure, from Origin 3, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, he's made plenty of cash, Cobbo. I think he's done his job and scored a stack of tries as well. So definitely move on to the class in Val Holmes. Carol Fox says Teddy or Drinky for the run home. You just backed the class horse here.
3: Yeah, I don't think you'd go wrong either way, but Teddy's the tried and
2: Riley Milton 4 says, Cherry Evans or Teddy? So, obviously, playing via, you'd think, Nico Hines' is jewel here.
3: Um, I'm going to go Teddy, but I do think, you know, DCE, given Manley's run, will have a good year as well. But, just again, just going to go with the class of Teddy.
2: Blake's Brushworks. Blake's underscore Brushworks on Instagram. Best painter in South West Sydney, New South Wales. Uh, check him out. He says, I'm stuck here, boys. Do I bring in uh, Holmes? Re the Cowboys easy run oh, or Teddy and Munster uh, a couple of guns there so obviously has a bit of cash uh, saved up here Blakey and wants to make best
3: use of it of the three you mentioned I think Teddy top seed then Munster then Val but like I do rate Val as well but you're putting you up there against two of the best players in Supercoach what do you think?
2: Yeah definitely um, I don't know I'm going to back my, my pony here Val Holmes I just think like I said I I could end up here this week, egg on my face, and he scores a 60. You know, it, it, it is that sort of game. Um, Munster, I think you always know what you're going to get, although much harder now. No Pappenhausen there to capitalize upon uh, tri assists, line break assists, and such. Alex Brigo says, Who to trade in for Pappy? Val, Drinky, Meany, or Tedesco? Tommy, I'm sensing there's a common theme here amongst all of these questions.
3: What's wrong with Reuben Garrick? Maybe he already owns Ruben Garrick. I don't know. I'd be thinking yeah. of Garrick personally, but yeah, Tedesco once again. But yeah, a lot of love for Val this week.
2: Nick Meany, a name we haven't mentioned tonight. Um, it's taken us here 47-odd minutes uh, on the podcast <laughs> to get to it, but not the worst shot. He's you know, averaging, I think it's about 70 points per game, just flying under the radar down there in Melbourne. Now we'll kick goals. Personally, I prefer him on the wing, finishing off those points, but um, maybe not as good a fullback as he is a winger.
3: Funny, uh, on draft night, I remember we were calling him Nico Meini because we were saying, What if he comes out and you know becomes the Nico Hines of this year? If perhaps goes down, and yeah. probably if they don't get Reese Walsh, which is probably just a rumor, it's going to be like that for the rest of the year. Nick Meini could be very interesting. Get uh,
2: a couple of others here Adam Blundell, shout out to Adam, he's always around this. Um... Credit to him and a few of these others here, and popular names would always uh, figure. Is Calen Ponga a decent pod for the run home? Adam, I've just given you a shout and then i read that. What's
3: doing? It's my favourite question of the night so far. very, very happy to see this one. Um, look, I probably don't think he is. I'm, I don't trust Newcastle. They can't, they're not that good at attack, really. But uh, I think he was excellent in game three. I think credit where credit's due, and Ryan has to eat some humble pie
2: move on uh, no he's not a pod Vestas is Tedesco or Luttrell or Holmes again this is probably just backs up why would you go to Ponga when you have Latrell and Holmes banging out scores Garrick, Manu all fullback eligible Nico Hines grab yourself a Cherry Evans there's just so many more options there uh, than a Ponga but Vestas, Tedesco or Luttrell or Holmes one of those three
3: yeah, I already said Tedesco over Holmes. So Tedesco or Latrell? God, that's uh, maybe Luttrell just because his ceiling is so high at the moment.
2: Tommy's got a hard-on for Latrell because he drafted him at pick five. He's held him all year, and now finally he's come out. He's banging out yeah. scores. The dream's alive for now, Draft League. Jesse underscore Sheehan says, Captain's call. Uh, stick around for that. Great point. We'll talk about that on our uh, Instagram uh, tomorrow we've got a busy day on Instagram tomorrow, we're a day behind he says here as well, Pappenhausen replacements, uh, we've sort of done there, there's plenty of options
3: yeah, Garrick, Teddy Trell uh, Val of course, so yeah, heaps to pick from.
2: I'm going to skip uh, past the next question, but DCE or Cleary for Jesse as well um, DG would you'd be a brave man to play around at Cleary at this point in time
3: yeah, you would. I'd go with Cleary, but I think you were even saying, you know, with that captain theory, you look yep. at your captains for the next few weeks, Penrith have quite a tricky run, and Mel- and Manly probably have an easier run. So if you look at it that way, it probably is closer than you think. Depending
2: on your – what I always say this. What sort of game are you playing? Are you playing your head-to-heads and your cash comps? Are you playing your overalls? Speaking of that, I, I went through and I looked at favorable games where you would captain Nathan Cleary above at the time. It was Nico Hines and Ryan Pappenhausen. I couldn't make a case to captain Cleary in any round between 18 and 25. I had those other two ahead of him. Obviously, that may change now with Pappenhausen gone, but given their fixtures and how early they play in the week, Penrith so often on a Thursday or Friday, I couldn't make a case for a straight captain a Nathan Cleary. So no, very good point there, Tommy.
3: Yeah, that's exactly sort of what I'm getting at. Like, But it is clear. That's the other thing you have to remember. You know, not many players yeah. go big in a short amount of time like he can. So uh, go with him at your peril.
2: Now, this is a great question here to finish off from Simon Grunstein, friend of the show. He always listens from the first second until the last. Um, so thanks for this one, Simon. I was going to get us thinking here, and it's probably a great way to finish off. He says, the optimal big eight for the run home. So give us... I guess, uh, two of every player in your spines, from your fullbacks up to your hookers. start at the back because we've spoken plenty of it. Uh, Your best two fullbacks that you'll be finishing off with as it stands at the moment.
3: Yeah, I'm going with Teddy and Trell at the moment. How about you?
2: I've gone around them. Um, My trades this week, obviously, bringing Latrell in. Um, So, as it is at the moment, my fullbacks are Latrell and Valentine Holmes. And, obviously, playing Jaws, you can throw in Joey Marnie, Ruben Garrick to that mix as well. So, um, but as it is, my fullbacks, Luttrell and Valentine Holmes, let's talk five-eighths, Cameron Munster and probably Cody Walker on recent form.
3: Yeah, I've got Cody and Dylan Brown at the moment, but I do want to get to Munster, so I'll say Munster and Walker.
2: Purely on their fixtures, I'm going drink water over Walker and obviously give me Cameron Munster every day of the week. Uh, and halfbacks here, two halfbacks for mine, it's uh, Cleary and Hines.
3: Clear in Heinz. DCE neck to pick, but yeah, the clear too for me.
2: And we're going to uh, differ here going off your trades from last week, but your two hookers to finish, they will be ideally?
3: Well, I mean, I'd love to have Grant and Cook, but I, I just can't make that happen. So at the moment, I've got Grant and I've got Will Smith. I'm not saying get Will Smith, Jesus Christ. But uh, I mean, cheap options, maybe a Brandon Smith or I don't even know. What are you thinking in hookers?
2: I've got Coruscant and Cook. Um, I held them Probably both, so, yeah. even though they didn't play last week. And Reese Robson, he continues yep. to score well, Robbo. Um, there's options there. Lachlan Croker from Manly. It's a, it's a smoky, but he scores well, scores tries often. And Manly, we keep mentioning their good run. Why can't it benefit their number 9 Uh Tommy that's a smoky it. for you. Go on. Sorry, yeah, quick go smoky on. On. in
3: the nines. Maybe not this year in Classic, but draft comps so and maybe next year. Jeremy Marshall King is flying. He's playing such good footy out of nowhere. Never thought I'd say that, but just keep an eye on him the next 12 months.
2: At the Dolphins as well, JMK. He's going to be their foundation number nine, you'd think. Anyway, that's probably a good point to leave it. When you start talking about Jeremy Marshall King, (laughs) that's time to wrap up your Supercoach podcast. (laughs) Tommy, uh, big episode. Not big in the sense of uh, time and length, but uh, plenty we got through tonight.
3: Yeah, huge week coming up. Hopefully no more big injuries, and we can see some green arrows this time.
2: Every week is a big week in Supercoach, especially when, well, except last week when your captain was Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, this is the Supercoach 365 podcast, round 19. Plenty to look forward to. Follow the Instagram at Supercoach365. That's where you'll get us.